big car we got <laughs> actually we're kind of on the res yeah we kind of are <laughs> <laughs> our own res yes by our old res yes next to our other res yes yeah we are a bike right away yeah so so we were talking about being we were busy. talking about being busy. busy we were so busy we forgot to push record <laughs> <laughs> 10 minutes in like the screen shut actually, off it was actually 4 minutes and 12 seconds in 4 minutes and 12 seconds some precision is required mm -hmm. 4 minutes and 12 seconds is not so long that we can't just start over exactly because we most chitter chattered yes about you know Being how busy, busy we are so uh <laughs> was it was funny where we're talking about busy, it's like the last month or so, probably two months, maybe even more, we have been super duper extra Since January. busy with our physical space. Life, yes. Physical life. Less time for non-physical pursuits, like uh, one of the things... Um, engaging. Engaging in non-physical realities. It's like we have carved out spaces and time where we... Uh, pay attention to that with our like mystic group and or with our this yes. and that and the other yes specifically carve out time and it's like we're busy up until there's a slide into the door Pew! yeah yeah <laughs> like that you were doing it perfectly earlier <laughs> there you go <laughs> man love <laughs> man love it's mantis love honey mantis <laughs> mantis love <laughs> you have to listen to the first episode of the second hour to get that and if you're in audio we were doing love signs with our hands and Larry used his arm because he can't do the hand love sign <laughs> uh -huh. alright okay so super busy then slide in and do our uh, hour or two of mystic uh, space time which Half of it is spent dealing with the physical, physical parts. The, <laughs> the small portion of the, but it, at, at any rate, it's like the uh, the very busy and occupied with Gaia yes. stuff, essentially. Yeah. Pay attention to me, not to that. Right. Kind of a thing. And so what we're going to do this hour is pay attention to that, that and not to this. Right. That's interesting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. <clears throat> the reason is, is because that... It's what's pulling people it's to pulling away engage from this. to low-frequency things. Right. So we'll exhaust that for a moment. Mm -hmm. We'll explain it, express it. How and, we see uh, it. How we see it. We'll uh, get into a second hour where we can be a little bit even more meaty and a little more controversial, wouldn't be the right word, but less mm -hmm. uh, reserved. And the, yes. So the topic we're looking at is abortion. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> abortion. Yes. Yes. 
And uh, don't sign off because it's really important to realize that this is just another dynamic where polarization is being brought in to engage in us versus them. You as a light worker must not engage on taking sides. Period. Don't do it. And I don't care how many times you've been told that abortion is good or that abortion is bad. Irrelevant. Just do not engage in this polarization. Okay. It's not real. It's made up. There's no context or cons um, meat or potatoes underneath it. And all the things that you might have seen that I only just found out about today, like there was riots and all sorts of things around it, it's all made up. Do not go there. We talked about how during this year and in the next couple of years probably also, there's going to be a lot of times when there's going to be engagements of polarization. Polarization is the dark light paradigm. If you choose to embody the new paradigm, the high frequency only paradigm, you cannot fall for those tricks. Tricks, okay? yeah. They're just They're tricks. Bait. It, it changes bait. nothing, okay? It changes nothing. And we have got history about abortion. We have a lot of viewpoints. So we're going to talk about um, our friends, Carmen. Uh, sorry, the Carmens. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Carmen and Neil. And Neil. Uh, their books and how that, talks about abortions as well and miscarriages and all sorts of things so you know yeah, this is their books yeah these are their books you can find them in every bookstore outlet and if you're um, so inclined we have a few if you are in the area we can if you're give in you the a area copy. or you can send the postage <laughs> you can yeah, mail it or something if you send the postage we'll mail it to you for sure yeah. uh so anyways it's an interesting topic to me because there's a lot of things that I have found out because of it. And it's so easy to fall into righteousness around this. So easy. And that's the one of the key red flags. If you fall into righteousness either way, then you know you've been hooked. Yes, okay. when you have a super strong position yeah. that's unbudgeable and you know you're right. Yes. And they're wrong. That's righteousness. And this is like probably some of you had or saw family members who were all so pro pro Trump, and other ones were like, I hate him so much. This is polarization. Yes. This is yeah. the same. The same. The same. same. Different topic. Same effect. Yes. Polarization in the extreme. Yes. You can have family members in a family who have such strongly held positions that even within family even husband and wife even whatever they get divorced they get divorced over things like yeah. this that's how yeah. polarizing and amplified the polarization is yes so don't fall for it yeah now our viewpoints um around all this larry would you like to start the discussion let's go a little bit woo woo here because this is some of the things that larry told me about that i was like whoa <laughs> i knew there was something odd but I didn't know to what degree. Or would you like to start with my history? I think your history is more relevant to the audience that we're talking. It's like when we talk about polarizations, a kind of there's kind of things that pop in. And when when you are parroting, I suppose, a side's 
viewpoint without investigating it all the way into its source, oftentimes you'll find that's how you are, are driven. Um, you know, um, literally, you can hear people who will say a line that you know is a line that's been fed to everyone through the medias. So if the media is telling you this, and that line is one you're using, you probably know that you're getting yeah. driven somehow. So one of the things that I realized early on, and I'm talking about when I was having babies in my, when I was 19, okay? <laughs> um, I figured it out like really early on, especially because of the viewpoint that I was told by my mother and other women of her age. And it was that it was a woman's right to have an abortion. And when she said that, it just felt so dissonant to me personally. And it was like, whoa, that's not to do with women's rights at all. It has zero to do with women's rights and their bodies. It has nothing to do with it. It has not to do with a right, okay? The women need to have a choice. Yes, but their choice comes way earlier when you open their legs. That's their choice, okay? <laughs> they open their legs, right? And I'm talking about it this way because my mom used abortion as a, a birth control. Okay, she was a 60s baby. And in Chile, well, not baby, but she's a 60s young woman, right? And in Chile at the time, abortion was illegal. So, but she still used abortion as a method of contraception because she did not want to be a mother. And she went to illegal clinics, okay? So whether it's legal or illegal, women are going to have abortions, period, okay? So get over it. Get over it. Now, was she, was she in danger at any time? Not to the woman that she went to to have these abortions. She was never in danger. The women knew what they were doing. And in fact, the woman who she w went to told her, you have to stop this. You can't be having abortion after abortion. This is not a contraception system. You're going to get damaged. Right? And she said, if you ever planned, uh, I remember she had, uh, she got pregnant before marriage and my dad married her and she had the baby. And after that baby, she had three or four abortions within, in less than a year. Right. My brother was born less than a year later and you can see like one month abortion, one month abortion, one month abortion, then the new baby, actually a year and a half. He was born about a year, a year and a half after her, the first baby. But between those, she had several abortions. And when she was pregnant with my brother, she went to the clinic again and the woman said, I'm not going to do this. You're going to never be able to have babies again. If you do, if you carry on like this, you can't do, you just can't do it. And so she decided to have the baby. And then she got the boy and she said, okay, I'm, I'm good, right? So after that, and then she carried on, <laughs> right? After that. And I asked her, because she was talking about these things. And I said, mom, why, why would you use abortion as a contraception? I don't understand. And she said, because I couldn't tell your dad, no. I couldn't tell your dad, put a condom on, because then he'd go off and fuck other women. Which he did anyways, she said. But I just didn't want to upset him, asking him to put a condom on, right? And she, and she said, I tried the pill. I was in the, 
the trial for the pills and they were like a thousand times strong and she got a stroke, she got a heart attack, she got thrombosis, she got everything trying to fill out. Didn't work for her. <laughs> and um, so it was like really, really bad. Very, very bad. All the whole thing. And all because she wouldn't tell my dad, hey, you know, put a, put a condom on. So that was her choice. Yes, that was her choice to do that. Absolutely. But it wasn't like um, a human right. It was a choice, but it wasn't a human right. And it wasn't like she didn't have the choice because it was illegal. And yes, there's illegal clinics that kill women and kill, obviously, kill a lot of babies. And I've heard about those as well. Right? Remember the John of God? Yeah. There's running a yeah. baby farm, parts yeah. farm at that. Baby parts farm. Using so, abortion in a pile of women to have, you know. Yeah. So, you know, there's darkness everywhere in every situation. Now, how did I come about if my mom was using abortions as a, a way to, con you know, contraception form? Well, she tried to abort me three times, okay? Three times. Three times she tried to abort me with a clinic that she had, al had always succeeded in the past, right? And at one point, well, a baby did come out, so I was part of a twin, right? And um, But here I am, right? So this is part of that agreement thing. If you don't agree, it doesn't happen. What's the agreement of the baby as well? And sometimes babies don't need very long in the womb. Right, so they they choose a mom and a dad that going to abort them, going going to abort them. That's where the cosmic cradle stuff comes in. It's like there's always the agreement of the three parties: the mom, the dad, and the baby. Yeah, like in some of those stories, we're reading the babies. Like, yep, I came. I saw you guys weren't ready. I thought you would be, but you weren't, so I left. Mm -hmm. And I came back this time. I'm a boy, though. Right. Right. <laughs> Because now you're ready for me. Yeah. So there's all these aspects of it as well. I never felt a victim in my life, even though she would tell me about these things. And she was so sorry because I was born with scars. I've got scars from the attempted abortions. I've yeah, got right through. I can through see here. them. Right through where your heart is. That's yeah. probably what caused your heart damage. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and your liver damage yeah. from a tub full of vodka or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because then, she, when it didn't work in the clinic, she tried to do it herself at home and, you know. Drink a bottle of vodka and, and take a hot tub, tub. Hot tub with a uh, vodka in it as well, yeah. Jeez. And, uh, so there was a lot of damage done, but it didn't affect me. It okay? did affect you. Physically. Yes, it did. Yeah. It definitely affected you. Yeah. Negatively. Not, not like in a way of, um, well, yes, yeah, like... I was. I didn't have. It changed things. I think that's important to look at it from this side too. It did affect you in a great deal, and it allowed, in a way, if you look at it, your incarnation baby to accept you for yes. that very short duration that it was going to be in the womb. Right. Without that, honestly, it wouldn't have said yes. It wouldn't have survived. And it, it actually the baby yes. body, my baby body, and the soul that it was at the time had no plans of being born. They just needed some months in the in gestation and that was all they needed. That's all and they wanted. That's all they wanted and that's all they needed. And it was literally one of their last lives here together. Mm -hmm. So that's why they chose my mom. <laughs> and then, <laughs> of course, my soul construct, at the time I was a collective construct, came up and tried to uh, convince the body to accept us once their, their soul left, right? 
And at first they said, no, 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 we're done, and, you know, this is it. Because Bob and just not going to live. No, 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 it wasn't that. It was more to do with uh, their role on Earth was over, and they they just needed a little bit, like a few months of gestation and connection, and then that was it. Their work was done. So they didn't want to be born. Can I pause you? Because when you say our, their work was done, it's not clear to me what that means. Their work or their experience or their desire for experience yes. was that period of time and just that right they weren't <clears throat> after an experience of being born they weren't no. after experience of living no. a long life they no. weren't after Opposite. experience of any of that they were only here for the experience of being in the womb for a few months yes even and a few weeks i would say a couple yeah. of months maybe and that isn't a work or is there, it? no the work i meant by their previous lifetimes okay and by work i mean they were very much interested in certain skill sets and they developed those and they had done things on the planet using those skill sets for many lifetimes and that's that was done for them they didn't want that they didn't want to come back they didn't need to come back they were they were ready for their next stage mm -hmm. in their experience I'm guessing in the second hour Ali and Adeline are going to ask questions what was about that? this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, my construct then came in and convinced them to stay when they said, oh, finally they said yes, because we told them, well, it's your duty, you know. Yeah, called duty card. Yeah, the duty card. <clears throat> they said yes, and immediately that soul construct energy started fixing the baby as soon as the abortion started happening. And also afterwards... Um, fixing when the you, physical defects. Yeah, the, the physical defects. And at birth, the baby's physical defects... Um, were not conducive to life. So even though the abortions had all failed, at birth the baby was going to die. Okay. Lung damage, liver damage, heart damage. Yes. There was physical problems and yes. system problems. So mm -hmm. it couldn't, I mean, it could survive with the umbilical cord providing. Right, everything. All the yeah. things, mm -hmm. but not have a good digestion system, not yeah. have a, any it other wouldn't, stuff. It wouldn't, it wasn't going to live. So when the baby was born, that's when the final fixes, and it was just fixes. It wasn't like health. It was just fixed enough to survive. Uh, then the soul that was assigned to the body, and not assigned, you know, they chose each other, uh, left. And then my soul construct came in, but by agreement of the physical body. And then it was like, Keeping it alive. <laughs> Once you have a physical body, then there is there is the tendency of a physical body to want yes. to stay alive in spite right. of this physical body wanting. To My not. body did it. Like it's like a conflict. There's yes. a natural tendency they stay. Yes. But there's also yours desire not to. Right, because it was ready for the next stage of their experience, and it wasn't in a physical body, human body, and stuff. Right. Right. So. It was tough to keep <laughs> her like alive throughout of, the tug years. Tug of, tug of war to keep yeah. it. Because, she refused uh, to eat, for example. She wouldn't eat. Yeah. Until age eight, 19 or something when I got pregnant, I had to eat. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it wasn't like this, uh, what's that called, with people's sickness that they don't eat. Uh, Bulimia yeah. or It wasn't whatever. one of those. It, literally, she, from a baby, she, she just refused to eat. Um didn't eat much food either. It was mostly life force that she would, you know, pull in. But anyways, apart from that, um, that's a history, right? And the other experiences that I had was my own my own pregnancies. I had eight pregnancies, but I had a, I had allegedly a medical condition 
that meant that I wouldn't be able to carry a baby to term. So I miscarried four babies and I carried eight to term. Well, no, no, sorry. I carried four to term. I miscarried uh, four babies and four made it. But to make it, it was a tough job. I had to be extremely careful. Five. No. We kind of have one. Yeah, I don't consider. It's kind of. I didn't carry that baby to term. True. But you also didn't miscarry it. I did. Kind of. Yeah, I did miscarry that baby. But anyways, anyways, uh, one of the things. I mean, want to take a pause for a minute. Mm-hmm. This is a very emotional subject. We've talked about it in private a lot of times, and it does um, warrant um, consideration of the fact that we've talked about this before. So, despite that, you know, I feel a little bit emotional, mm-hmm. but I can hold it together. But in the past, I wouldn't be able to. So. We're not like uh, being nonchalant about this. I just want you to know we've talked about this before. Now you're making me cry. Oh, honey. <laughs> Shouldn't have said that. <laughs> it's important yeah. to recognize because we're not robots for crying right. out loud. Right, yeah. It is and that is, this is part of what uh, this emotion is part of what is hijacked in this whole thing. Yes. This is the hijack is this emotion having a latch and the latch being pulled. Right, right. So... Take a deep breath. Yeah. Hold on to your pretty stone. I'll take this one. <laughs> you lost that stone. Where'd you put our other stone, honey? I don't know. It disappeared. It ran away. <laughs> Here, you can hold it for a moment. No, good, thanks. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's one of those times when I nearly lost a baby. Wasn't I didn't quite lo- I didn't lose that one. But I nearly lost one of the babies. It was like... 24 weeks in, and um, I went to the hospital. There was nothing actually I could do, uh, but I I kind of held on to the baby. Um, but I remember one of the nurses was really upset, and I asked her, what's going on, you know? And she said, well, she said, you know, at 24 weeks, um, even if the baby comes, we might be able to save this baby. Uh, we have the technology now in the baby care unit that this baby might be able to make it. In the past, she said, not so much. But these days, yeah. And the thing she said is like, I'm here with you in case the baby comes. We can put it into these machines that might give it a chance to survive. But at the same time, I just came out of another room where the, the, the mom had an abortion and she was 24 weeks as well, like you. And that baby could have been saved, right? And it's the same age, and it's just, it's not something that I can wrap my brain around, she said, this nurse, right? That the 24-week baby that we just killed in the other room, and you have, we're here to do our best to save yours. It's like (laughs) the same age, and it could survive. I know that a lot of the babies have survived at this age. And I was looking at her, and she was really torn she was really heartbroken you know about this and I remember from one of my pregnancies a different one that actually also was born at some age they want the the blood test came back and it said that I had some sort of the baby might be syndrome uh, down. down syndrome and they wanted to do other tests to make sure and I had the other test and I, it turns out it wasn't but I said wait wait what if the tests come out positive then what 
And the doctor said, then you can have an abortion. And I was like, what? <laughs> so we did all these tests. <laughs> just to find out. Just to find out, right? And I know that this, I mean, you can research it. A lot of these tests come out wrong. They're not very good. And a lot of people have had abortions that, and their babies were perfectly fine. They were not Down syndrome. But it, apart from that, I, you know, if somebody chooses that they really don't want that in their life, I completely agree, right? And if they want to have an abortion, if those tests come out positive, that's fine. I totally agree that you shouldn't go into a life that these things happen. But in my case, I told the doctor at the time, you should, I didn't know, I was ignorant about this, and I was like 20 or 21 at the time. I had no idea what we were doing. But actually... I would, I, there's zero chance, zero chance that I would have had an abortion, no matter what the condition of the baby was. I would have taken it to term, even if the baby had no head, I would have given birth to it and I would have held it while it died, right? So there was no way, there was no way that that's what's going to happen. So after that, of course, I had two, uh, several pregnancy that, like I said, some of them I, I miscarried, but two babies did, were born from those other pregnancies and I had no tests I refused all the tests because they were all about you're going to have an abortion at, you know they come out positive so I said no and I refused all those tests because I knew me and I knew that there was no way after I feel the baby inside me that I could abort it I just wasn't going to do it period so it's like there's a lot of things like you know it's, a, it's like that test is for a purpose. Yes. And that purpose isn't what you think it is. Right. And that's the true for many tests. Right yes. now we have, what is the Covidius Maximus is a word we can use? <laughs> no. no. Well, let's not there. go there. Okay. okay. <laughs> let's not even go there. The test thing. No, but because this, we're going to talk about this, all right? And I when, I figured go out, when I figured out what these tests were about, I realized I'm not going to participate because it's irrelevant to me. Okay. It's irrelevant. I'm not going to do that, basically. Now, I've been told lots of times, and, you know, I was brought up by feminists, and I was told many, many times and by friends and relatives, you know, the whole line about women's rights and everything else. Now, in the United States, it's a state thing. Some states are saying, yep, women can come here for abortions. Other states say, nope, women can't come here for abortions. And the women will have a choice. And like I said, they can also go to these illegal places, you know, like my mom did. And some of them are good and some of them are bad, right? And But don't use abortion as a contraception. It's just not right. And people say, yeah, but what about the little girl? And she was raped and this and the other. I can tell you from, from personal experience and having known all these women, I would say 99% of these women are using it for contraception. And yes, if there are certain cases then definitely I'd say that those should be a choice. Like if somebody was raped, that should be a choice for the women. But those are very rare cases, okay? And if a little girl is pregnant, then yes, that choice has to be made for her or by her. Even at that age, I would say I would want my choice, right? Um, of what, how to proceed. And with regards to mental health, we have a lot of um, systems now that can help somebody through trauma. Plus also, (laughs) 
You know, it's like I've met women who have had other abortions. I've met women who've had babies from rape, right? And the the results are so very different, right? The Just viewpoints, like- the viewpoints of these babies are so very different, right? So, and their experiences are so very different. Um, I know that there was a case I remember of a girl when I was a teenager. There was a teenage girl who was Down syndrome, who uh, a man had befriended her, impregnated her, and she was pregnant. And they said, well, this is child abuse, even though this girl was over the age of consent. Consent in, in England was 16 at the time. It's 18 now, I think. By the time it was 16... And she was like 17 or something. But they said, well, she's just, she's just like a two-year-old, you know. She doesn't have a choice. And they made the decision for her. And that's not right. When I was pregnant with my first pregnancy, 19, um, in England, the doctor has the choice for the, for the patient. And their viewpoint is they have to keep their patient alive, okay? So because of... My, at the time I had a very severe heart condition. My doctor said, you're not allowed to have a baby. You can't have this baby. You're not going to survive it. You're not going to survive the pregnancy. And even if you did, and even if you did survive the pregnancy, there is zero, minus zero chance that you'll survive the birth, the labor. Right? So we're not going to allow you to have this baby. You're going to have an abortion. And I said, no, I'm not going to have an abortion. You can't make me. I said, oh, yes, we can. Legally, we can make this choice for you because it's our, uh, legally, we are responsible for your survival. So literally, they could have taken me against my will and aborted that baby. Literally, they could have done that. It was an extreme case, right? And that that is what I'm talking about. England, yes, in England. Socialized. And no, it wasn't about socialized medicine. It was about law. Okay, we're talking about law here. Right. I actually am a believer in socialized uh, health service, but not in um, abuse of power, okay? Right. And then don't go together. Now, it was such an extreme case that I actually fixed my heart overnight, right? So when I went to, to the hospital the next day, um, it was all, actually, they gave me a week. <laughs> Yeah, go home for a week. Think about it when you come back. We'll no, think, no, think about it. Just get ready because it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. And you so, used mapping, didn't you? In that case, yes, I mapped to the baby's heart and I cured mine using the baby's heart as yes, a map. As a map, yeah. We have a class about mapping. We do have a class about mapping. Yeah. So if you want to learn about mapping, yeah, check it out. So I went back, and you know, my doctor, he was the head of. Is it cardiology or whatever the heart thing? Um, in the, in the hospital, uh, he sat me down and said, "We don't know what you did, but carry on doing it. This is impossible. If you had me my patient all these years, he said, because I'd been there since you know for many years. I've been going in. Yeah, I remember when you were young, you would yeah. run out of breath when you try to go up the stairs. Well, have I used to have heart attacks. They call mini heart attacks. They call mini heart attacks. They're extremely painful. <laughs> but they are a heart attack. They call mini heart attacks. They're very. They're not. I mean, unless they, you don't stop, they're, gonna, they're not deadly. Um, but they hurt like crazy, and it's like somebody's choking you, and 
you know, if you ever eat like a crisp or something really hard and you swallow it without chewing it and it or hurts like you a, all the way down. Or like a whole ice cube you swallow on accident. Yeah. Like that. That's how it hurts. Oh, it's horrible. Pain. That's horrible. Yeah. Oh my God. So as a little girl, as a tiny little girl, like a, before I even walked, I, I would get these my entire life. I used to get them. And I, I knew to stop. I stopped and breathe really gently and then eventually the pain would go. And they would. that's why I couldn't cry very very much because if I would get very upset and start crying they would get one of these so I would like stop you know anyways uh, going back to that choice point even then even though I did not have a choice in England because of the medical laws that were at the time then um, I had a choice right so there's there's more to the world than materialism right there's other things that are happening here and where do I stand about abortions? Free will, man. Free will of the baby, free will of the mother, the father, everybody. And even though I don't agree with women using abortion as a, a contraception service because it hurts them, it hurts their bodies, it hurts their, obviously, um, the. I've met, okay, so a couple of friends of mine especially one of them I remember she was in her 30s and she still cried one date of the year because she'd had an abortion when she was I think 18 or 17 or something she had an abortion and that date of the abortion she would cry every she was in her 30s and she would still wonder about that baby and she felt guilty and she developed uh, all sorts of um, psychological traumas and things and eating disorders because she had an abortion and she thought about that and felt bad about it her entire life so that damage goes both ways <laughs> so it doesn't you know it's like and I, one of the things is you know if you make it very easy so that women can use it as a contraception if you make it really hard and women still use it as a contraception method, um, what's going on, right? What's going on? Um, and it's like, um, what, what, what are these things? Um, like the, the morning after pill, is that an abortion? Uh, if it's done literally the morning after, most of the time the woman is not even pregnant. But if she did had if she she did conceive that night, and then the next morning or the day after that she takes this pill, I think it causes a lot less harm for her body, and energetically speaking, it's like not that uh, impactful for the physical body elemental um, of the baby, of the mother, of the father, or the souls, or anything like that. And But I was really surprised to see that it's not very encouraged, right? Um, so women find themselves finding out a month or two later or whatever. That something. they could have and didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all these things to be taken into consideration. So... I was always wondering why the big deal and why was it light? Why were we light? Because when my mom talked about it in those terms, the women's right and this and this and the other, and I could see the evidence being contrary to that, 
I became suspicious, but I never looked any further. I never took part in the dialogue. I would tell women, try, you know, use condoms. <laughs> it's better for you than having an abortion, dude, right? So, and it's not just about that responsibility, but also the other part, you know, like I said, if the woman has been raped or is a little girl or other things, those are very specific cases. And in those specific cases, I think that there are um, grounds for them to have abortions, right? And also for like ectopic pregnancies, those are not abortions. There's a medical procedure to save the mama's life, right? So um, all these things, they need to be taken into consideration, right? And the other conditions in the pregnancy where it's deadly for the mom, I would say that definitely those are necessary. But um, it's like the the whole concept and the whole you know dynamic of it, and women and men talking about it in these terms when they have zero experience, they've never been pregnant, or had, or had. Or been exposed to exposed a lot of to women who've been pregnant or had abortions or anything. They they don't know the nitty gritty parts of it, and they have a, such a polarizing views around it because all oh, my rights are being taken. That's it's manufactured. manufactured, exactly. That's manufactured, and that's to polarize. And then, of course, then I found out all about how these abortion clinics are just harvesting their babies for their material, and it's like my God, you know. Oh my gosh, I didn't like, even know that part. What the hell? And it's like, yeah. So do you want to take over now? <laughs> it's polarizing well, indeed. It's polarizing because, you know, morally and ethically and in all sincerity, all of us, um, most I'm certainly most all of us listening, certainly to this point, have the same set of light frequency. Similar in that... We want and uh, assume people's making these choices and decisions and uh, um, processes are using their um, moral aptitude, maybe even their expanded sense of awareness. They have a conversation with their baby. It's like, now's not a good time for us and uh, whatever. Or, you know, <clears throat> it's not just a decision taken lightly mm -hmm. and only in a, a case where we're in all agreement and you know we basically think about as these two individuals or three the mom and the father the baby together making a decision to continue or not to continue mm -hmm. and this is kind of known ahead of time with the baby kind of not kind of like part of let's check it out how's things what are we going to do things change we should change it up to a certain period of time where conversation works mm -hmm. and when a decision is made it's almost almost always keeping the baby and there are rare occasions where the baby and the situation it's best for us not to continue right and in that case the way to terminate that pregnancy is available it doesn't even need to be medical it can be herbal it can yes, be exactly or at mm -hmm. morning after pills it can be mm -hmm. all of these things it right. can be spontaneous yep this conversation is one that many babies have had. Yeah. And if you read in the Cosmic Cradle and Babies Are Cosmic, you'll see the conversation that happens. Mm -hmm. You may not always remember it. 
But what happens is this, uh, this moral sense of what's right and what's morally acceptable and reasonable, et cetera, et cetera, that we carry as uh, light beings is hijacked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's used against us in a way it's to really... polarize the situation, to use it for something that we would never in a million, jillion years agree to. Right. The polarization of the viewpoint, that's what we have to be aware of. Okay? That's the point, yeah. And yeah. our personal view of abortions, good, bad, negative, positive, whatever, girls' rights, this, that, and the other thing, our personal view is our personal view. Right. I'm not saying that ours is right for everyone. No. I imagine there's other, obviously other points of view, but mm -hmm. our point of view has to do with eliminating some of the um, separation between the, like there's no communication between a mother and a baby. Mm -hmm. Like they don't talk to each other. Yes, they do. They do. But there's <laughs> no choice that the baby has in this decision. And there is a choice is the a baby choice. has in this decision. Yeah. If you expand your awareness to the point where you include it in a conscious way, Hey, perfect. Everything's perfect. That's just fine. Yeah. And you guys can talk about it and make what, a decision together. This is one of the, this reminds me. Yeah. Um, many times when this is, this conversation has happened so many times, so many times people realize that I can communicate through time and space. And I have done when most of my life I've been able to talk to dead people. Yeah. <laughs> I've had this conversation so many times of women who come to me, even at events sometimes and other places, they come to me and said, I had an abortion. Can you ask the baby how, if is the baby okay? <laughs> can you talk is to the, the baby? Is the baby soul okay? Yeah. Can, <laughs> or can, or can you tell the baby I'm sorry or something like yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I can't believe that I forgot this. So many times, like tons and tons of times, this conversation happens. And never once was the baby a victim or expressing victimhood. It was always tell mom that I'm still here. I'm going to be waiting for her when she comes this side. <clears throat> I'm being looked after by angels and all, all languages that the person would understand. Right. But it, it was always like that. It was always, yeah, I'm fine. And. It was good. It was our decision. And, you know, it was just like that. And yeah, it's like Cosmic Cradle books to talk about these things too. But yeah, that reminds me, I never had a situation where the baby said, yeah, you effing blah, blah, blah. Why did you do this to me? I hope you die. You know, I never had that. Never had that situation. So think about it and you can test it too. As mm -hmm. I say those words, do you think that even once one of these babies came to me and was bitter and angry and upset with the mom? Never once. Not once. Those are moms that came to you with that feeling, though. Yes. If we have, have you talked to moms who maybe they were in throes of drug addiction and didn't want to have babies and used it as birth control and talked to any of their babies? Uh, not in throes of uh, drug addiction, but... Or ones who wouldn't come to you and ask or feel remorse or feel anything like that? Uh, yes. So there was one woman. Mm -hmm. I didn't meet her in person, but I w did wonder about the babies. Yeah. And she was a woman who was from Birmingham in England. She was the girlfriend of one of my best friends. So, and he came home 
one day and said, uh, I broke up with blah, blah. And I said, what the hell, what happened? Because, you know, they were like this, right? And he said, she went and had an abortion and she didn't even tell me about it. And I said, whoa, <laughs> like that's deep, man. I'm so sorry. And he said, well, that's not it. He said, I found out and she told me that she's had, since she was like 16 and she's had a, having sex, she's been having multiple abortions every year. She uses as contraception. And I thought she was on the pill and that's why we weren't using condoms. She didn't even ask me. And and she's had multiple, multiple abortions. And I just can't handle somebody like that. I just can't do it. And I was like, whoa. And I remember at that time, I was like 15 or 14 at the time. Wait, wait, no. I was 17 because we were the same age. That's right. I was 17. And I remember tapping into that, thinking, wow, that's crazy, right? I knew my mom was had done that, but I didn't know that Other modern people. women, yeah, <laughs> were doing, women my age were doing that, you know? You should know better right now. And I tapped into those babies, and they were all babies who had chosen to just be there a few weeks. Right. It's like... That's why they chose her. <laughs> because that would happen. But you see, where we're going with this, I think you understand, is that sense of victimhood isn't present in them. In the baby. You're right. But in this, this side, this side of there, it is. Right. So on this side of that, it's a victim game. Yeah. On that side, it doesn't exist as a victim game. No. So in all... in. In expanded real, they're not a victim. In this space on Gaia, they are playing victim. I see what you mean. Yeah, because there's like, they like dark paradigm. You need victims and aggressors and stuff like that, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. <clears throat> it means that um, in the sense that we're speaking this place, there are victim games associated with abortions. Mm hmm that are a reprehensible, morally disgusting, and not light. Not light games. Right. There are um, uh, terminations of pregnancy that are um, agreed upon consciously. Those are, that would be what I think I could consider a light choice. Mm -hmm. In other words, I don't want to come now. I'm going to not come. Mm-hmm. Um, the mechanism, the tool to make that not come happen, it doesn't need an external something because bodies can terminate they can. all yeah. by themselves they when they can. want to, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah. having the external uh, external manipulation as a part of the process is an expanded light-dark game, basically yes. in a polarization. Right, and even the ignorance or, or the uh, lack of information of things that the women can do Right to first of all avoid pregnancies without harming their health, but also uh, even terminating a pregnancy without harming their health. Right, um, like you said, through herbs and things, yeah. more enough to pill. But yeah, so it's like and like right from the beginning when there's not such a huge consequence psychologically uh, for the woman, um, because that's also victim aggressor, right? Mm -hmm. I know that woman, friend of mine in her 30s, she was definitely in the victim-aggressor paradigm. She was, like, 
she had bulimia and everything through it. You know, it's like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. Definitely a light part, dark paradigm concept. Another thing, um, my sister always also had huge problems carrying babies to term. But she also discovered, I can't remember where she discovered it. She said, I heard that the woman can ovulate when she chooses to, but also she can have her periods when she chooses to. Um, and I was like, whoa. And then she started using that. She <laughs> would choose when to ovulate. And it was like, whoa, dude, that's just beyond, like beyond anything I could even imagine, right? Even me imagine because I'm not that well savvy about uh, physical body elementals. But, but definitely she did that. And remember a conversation we were just having not too long ago about consciously choosing your baby. Yes. And having a conversation with the baby before and the, you know, circumstances that that baby wants to be born mm-hmm. and the experience that you're willing to host with it. Yeah. A high frequency experience on, on the planet, for example, a high frequency baby who wants a, a light experience on the planet yeah. and uh, have these traits or these uh, considerations that needs to be born like yes. at a certain month or a certain day mm-hmm. or in a certain it's alignment a or certain energies that support that. So the year, you might not be able to get pregnant for a few months because maybe you need to be born to a Leo. Right. Or maybe you need to be born a Scorpio or something that. Or you need to manifest a really good doctor. Or the alignment or the doctor or the midwives. Laws need to be changed or X, Y, Z or the husband uh, settled in or a million things. So the conception occurs when the baby is going to be thinking about the born part, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So there's a lot of variables. Another thing that we should talk about in the second hour is. alien human hybrid babies and they're you know not being born on the planet yes they're being born off the planet right in their ships or on other planets or wherever i don't even know mm-hmm. where they get born or be held in a artificial wombs or what right. i mean is that considered an abortion heck no but mm. is it a miscarriage can it can it and is it used to generate fear <laughs> yes fear of abduction your babies are being stolen and you're the victim of this thing right right See, th- yeah. that's the point yeah. i think it's the point the point that you get at is there are light dark games on this planet and there are light things that are twisted into light dark game mm-hmm. and the uh, light workers are drawn into in the sense of their emotions or their righteousness mm-hmm. or their and that feeds the beast yeah that feeds the beast that so if you beast. become a crusader Right. Then you've just generated the truth that these are victims, <laughs> right? Yes. The women are victims. The babies are victims. There's well, a victim the men are this. victims. The men are the victims. Yeah. The courts are the victims. The states are yeah. the victims. The doctors are the victims. Forced to do yeah. this. All of these are the victim thing. Right. <clears throat> it doesn't change something. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change how you are. Your conscious light being and birth process. Right. And it's so tipsy-turvy because body, health, babies, even marriages and children, uh, custodies, these are items that should never 
be in a court of law because courts of law are to do with merchandise property, and marine property things. Property. Yeah. These are things that should never go to court. These are things that we should have a dialogue. And if we as a society stepped away from light dark, stopped drinking alcohol, taking drugs, right? <laughs> and decided to grow up. And like skills like my sister was able to tap into like I'll choose when I be like, thank you very much. <laughs> Jesus, you know, these are non they're not even part of our reality anymore. Right? Right. The the manipulation is uh like uh my own daughter, she described them, them as blobs of cells. Blobs of cells. Blobs of cells is the separation between is it a human being you have a conversation with or is it just a, a biological mass of something that is inconsequential? Mm. At what point does the blob of cell a become a person? <laughs> right. Right? Is there a day? Is there a right. time? Is there a month? Is there a week? Well, it's going through it is and that around it. Is a question? It's <laughs> going around it from the wrong direction. It is. You come around from this direction, not mm. this direction. Right. The blob of cells is the manifestation of the... Physical body Physical elemental. bodies, elementals, conversation, mm. right? And this conversation is one that you have your ears on. And if you can't, then train your ears to hear... Yeah. And if you can't, then find someone who can hear, who isn't uh, going to take advantage of the situation, mm -hmm. and have the conversation yourself. Invite these conversations to get bigger. Yes. It's not between you and a judge. It's between you and your potential um, soulmates, I suppose. Right, yeah. yeah. And we're really just talking about time. When do you want to come, baby? Exactly. And where do you want to go and how long do you want to be here? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Romeo. Yeah. You put an exclamation on it, Rom? Yes. <laughs> He's dreaming. <laughs> Growling in his sleep. He's a grumpy old man. Now. Yes. And he's not even old. No. <laughs> oh, well. Topsy-turvy world. It is indeedy. Get busy with your... Uh, garden get busy with your uh, lawn get busy with your house project get busy with your where's your water get busy with your stash of your food get busy with your and being yeah. and your tribe and you're finding your tribe and do not under any circumstances as a light being get distracted polarized. by and polarized by manufactured things right if you know if you're still going into righteousness have a look-see, observe it, going into observation, process your righteousness, use the field processing exercise on it. It's at inelevance.com, as you know. And um, and then step up, you know, like make a decision. Um, if you want to see what my position is, my position is one of education. Do I hold these women who use it as uh, um, contraception in righteousness? I do not. Um, that's their choice that's their baby's choice uh, to come in <laughs> because they know that they're going to be aborted and it's like if women and even in the United States there's these choices do, men, do women, men and 
the medical, whatever institutions are in the United States decide to go into this victim-aggressor paradigm, that's their choice, right? What I'm saying is you don't. Don't go into the victim-aggressor paradigm. And it's like every situation is so unique, right? That how can you make a one rule for all? It's impossible. It's not like that. It doesn't work that way. And <clears throat> that's the ultimate in power over others. Right, honestly. it is, yeah, it is, yeah. And um, the argument, you know, when I spoke to my uh, one of my stepmothers, actually, about this, who was also in the same viewpoint as my mother, which is like, it's a woman's body is a woman's right. And she said, well, what, ha- what would happen, she said, if you got raped and you wanted an abortion? And I said, I I started looking at it and then I thought, well, you know, it's like being raped in itself is like a victim-aggressor game of ignorance, right? You step into that victim-aggressor game um, and and I I looked at that situation. I said, well, I I would be very angry. I said I would be really angry and I would mostly be uh, worried about my anger affecting the baby. Right. And she said, well, what if the baby's born and it looks like the rapist? I'm like, and I had no energy behind that. I had zero energy. I was like, well, that would be like super interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's like love and hate. and yeah. That's a lot of emotions that will be wrapped up in yeah. one little bundle. Yeah. And I, I said, well, you know, I would have to really look into that and it says well you still wouldn't have an abortion like you know because my views at the time were very specific right and I said well no I couldn't (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't do it but I'd be really worried and I would take steps into figuring out my psychological problems around it because I wouldn't want to harm the baby with my psychological problems right and I said, what would you tell the baby when the baby was born and, and grows up and asks, who's my father? You're going to have to say, oh, some dude who raped me. Is your dad. How do you think that baby's going to react to that? And I'm like, oh, I wouldn't tell her. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like all these situations are coming in, you know. For, I was like, It's like what? a lot of hypotheticals, right? A lot of hypotheticals, exactly. Not So many hypotheticals. I mean, I was 14. Let's make the rule for everyone based on the hypotheticals that we can argue right. to trigger your righteousness, righteousness. in some form and, victim and take advantage of your victim-aggressor stuff. Yes. Now let's make a law for everyone and you're based 14. on that. When you're 14. And you're 14. Yeah, let's do that. And it's like, so she couldn't get around it, you know? They said, well, you're different to everybody else, but all of these other girls and blah, blah, blah. So she took me out of the equation. She took me out of the equation because I wasn't following the narrative of feminism right you must have been so frustrating yeah coming back then um another stepmother actually also a feminist um i was in my 20s i already had my babies and i was at home i was working from home and i was at home uh, looking after my babies and she one day grabbed me and she said you know she said uh, she was she shouted at me about something and I said, wow, you know, why do you dislike me so much, you know? 
I, what did I do to you? And she said, you know, she said, you are so freaking irresponsible. You know, we, your mother and me and other women of my generation fought tooth and nail to give you the right to go to work. And here you are at home looking after your babies and your house for your husband. What the hell? <laughs> and I said, well, thank you very much. You gave me the choice. You gave me the choice. Thank you. I appreciate it. And it's my choice to stay home with my babies. So thank you for that choice. And she's like, <laughs> right? So all these things are highly polarized. Mm -hmm. But when you give people a choice, you have to honor that choice, right? You have to allow them that choice and honor it. You don't give them a choice so they choose <laughs> what you want them to choose. Right. That's not really a question. That's not really a choice. <laughs> you no, have anymore. A, it's the opposite. Right? Yeah. It's the opposite. Yeah. So, you know, like choices and things like that, they're very personal. And all these situations, yeah, absolutely, on a person-to-person -person basis. But even having that person-to-person -person basis brings us to a different level of awareness and consciousness. Now... I know that most people on the planet don't have that level of awareness or conceptualization of things or looking at the choices of the baby, the mama, the papa, whatever's right? Or even the biological mother, the biological father to dehumanize them. Right. Okay. What about the biological baby? Right. Um, or the clump of cells. Whatever you want to do to dehumanize it or to humanize it, all the paralyzation we wouldn't be having these conversations if we were more conscious and aware and able and capable of making these decisions at a conscious level. Right. right? Exactly. We wouldn't be having this conversation. So what is our role as awakened individuals? We do not engage in the polarization. We do not take sides. Now, if you're feeling charged around something that we talked about today, or even at the whole concept or the whole vocabulary and the whole thing that's happening in society right now. Process that righteousness, process that anger, process that sadness. Because you mustn't feed the beast if you become polarized, you're feeding the beast, you're choosing the light dark paradigm. And that we haven't come this far <laughs> to fall for <laughs> to another jump off for this one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We haven't come this far to fall now. I think one of the best Solutions I have from the, I guess, from, I don't know about your perspective, but from my perspective, oops, sorry for the mic part, reading this Cosmic Cradles and Babies Are Cosmic books. Best choice. <laughs> best choice to depolarize yourself and figure yeah. it out yeah. is listen to these conversations for a little while. Yeah. And listen to what's Elizabeth happened. Elizabeth and Neil. Carmen. Carmen. Babies are cosmic and cosmic cradle, spiritual dimensions of a yeah. life before birth. PhD. They spent 40 years or better, I think. Research. Research. A very thorough research. And your experiences Excellent. are even in there. Yes. My experiences are in there. Some experiences. Yeah. So if you want to spend some time in there and then 
probably by the end of that, you will have divorced yourself in a sense from the righteous and the victim aggressor victim paradigm, aggressor paradigm mm -hmm. associated with this topic. Exactly. And remember that this topic is being used as a trigger for victim aggressor energy, yes. us versus them. Right. Yep. And so don't fall for it. Mm -hmm. hmm. <laughs> it's tough. It's in a sense, it's a, a term that comes to world is like in this world, not of this world kind right. of. It's tough to be in this world at the same time. You are responsible for creating the one that we exist in now that doesn't have that. Mm -hmm. While we're halfway in this one, halfway in that one, we embody that one, the one that we're here to embody. Mm -hmm. And by and doing that requires us to not engage in the other one. Yeah. But yeah, it's tough bait. Tough, yeah. Tough bait. We'll manage. I yeah. think in the second hour we can dive into some more specific, uh, like examinations of some of the more specific baits. Yes. And we can dive into some of the alien, some of the other world, um, incarnational bases. And how is and the material collected from what, abortion clinics? Where are they used? What does the abortion clinics actually <laughs> purpose for? I mean, yeah. you know, there's, there's some hot buttons. There's some hot buttons there. <laughs> hot buttons. And it'll be yeah. interesting to talk to Adelina and Ilya about it and see what their perspectives are mm -hmm. from, you know, the questions they could come up with yeah. from where they were born and raised and what, what exists there. That's a completely different reality. It seems a different reality, but I'm finding it's not that different. No, it's not that different. No. Yeah. Actually, they even say the land looks the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Enough, enough for today. Go outside, enjoy your beautiful planet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love you, honey. Love you, darling.